I'm not a Swifty. I know people try to be Swifties now because it's cool to be a Swifty. But what she did, her resume this year, fellas, it was stupid. Beyonce's Renaissance Tour, and I'm in the Beehive. I'm a Beehive member. Y'all so see my video on one of them TikToks and Instagram. Because you're an influencer. There you go. I'm a Beehive member, RC. You, no, you're... I'm a grown man that comes around to trends. In, in truth, mm -hmm. you are not an influencer. You are influenced. Ooh, that sounds right? bad. Right? So, so for, so it's, for, it's, so yeah, for how you... How are you resetting the title I've given myself? Because the title you've given yourself is fake. Hold up. Limitless. Take a semi-cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a semi-cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. What up, fellas? Man, I am fired up. We are back for another Friday. And, uh, you know, it's cool to do a three-man show. Oh, by the way, this is the Pivot. This is Channing Crowder. That is Frederick Taylor. I'm Ryan Terry Clark. <laughs> um, bro, guess what I learned this week, Chan? What's that? So I go to Monday Night Football, right? So we're at Monday Night Football. First off, this dude's the mayor, right? When, we, when we're in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. we're in Duval, like, Freddie T just walks around differently. Like, he even shook my hand different. Like, the way he approached me, <laughs> like, you know, it's normally, like, all love. Yeah. I had to get through the security first and then walk around all these people just to get to Fred. And so I was like, okay, cool. So Freddie T pops up on the screen. I video my dog, put him on my story, because, like, I'm fired up, right? Freddie T gets up there. The people are all locked in. Oh, it's a legend, right? And so then my next thought goes to how does Fred watch the game, right? <laughs> so I thought, so I thought, right? Fred's at the game, right? He's- Presidential he's, suite. He's at the game, so I figured he's in the suite or he's somewhere in the, like they put him in a spot where the suite where you can walk out into the stands. You know how to, they have those suites with the chairs or whatever. Yeah. Fred watches the game in like this big area where you can eat and all that stuff on a big old TV in a recliner, <laughs> wait, Chan, in a recliner in a roped-off area. <laughs> and, and you could probably have to pick the camera up. There's a lady or a security guard that walks around the rope, right? She walks around the rope securing Fred, right? And so, like, let's say you want to take a picture with Fred. Uh -huh. You walk up to the security guard, right? They ask, can I meet? Mr. Taylor, he, sitting in his chair, looks over at the people first and goes, okay, they're good enough to come in here. He lets them come in. He stays in his chair and takes the picture with the people. And then the security lady take the people outside the room. Fred on Gladiator. Yeah! <laughs> Freddie T, how did you get that set up, bro? You know what? I appreciate you, but you put some extras on it. <laughs> the latter part was accurate to the T, but about the security and walking me around at the, on the field and the handshake, okay, you're dead was, ass wrong. That, that was, was a lot. That was, nah, but uh, I, I <laughs> did, earned it. Did you, did you request that setup? Nah. My people take care of me. I can say that. 
Duval take care of me. Fred. He take care of me. So where's the Mark Brunel side? Where's the Tony Baselli side? So Brunel uh, coaching uh, in, in Detroit. Detroit. Mm -hmm. So and Bo, Bo is Bo does the uh, live broadcast. So we do two totally different jobs. So I just do pregame, mm -hmm. uh, game day live. So my hits are quick. RC seen it? They're quick. So I'm like that, and then I watch the, the game. I watch the game. Take notes for the radio show after. You you want to watch it on TV? Oh yeah, I don't. I when I'm on the field as a player, it was rare that I actually watched it on the field. I'm looking up at the screen. I like all 22. Like I like to maybe see it like this. <laughs> That's and wild. And then when I but call the Channing, people over, what is more all 22 than actually watching all 22 people <laughs> run around because on the I like, field? I like no. the angle. <laughs> you know, you, like yeah. there's certain angles that you like to hit. Yeah. You know. I know you know about the angles, Chan. Like, it's certain <laughs> angles. Uh -huh. Like, I can watch it here, or I can either walk behind the offense and watch it that way, or walk way down here and watch, walk behind the defense so I can kind of get a feel for what they're doing. But nine times out of 10, I'm in the game 50% of the time. That's, I, I said but it before. watching the game, I like to watch it like I'm at home chilling. I said it before. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence going to take over for you, but you the most famous Jaguar of all time. All time. It's not even close. That's I think that's a fair assessment. But Trevor is definitely on my heels. Yeah. Like you should have heard that stadium. The, the pin you can hear a pin drop. Yeah. In the stadium when he got injured, absolutely quiet, and I was sitting there like. You were scared. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about. Usually I get excited to go do post game radio, you know, considering all things, but for me, like, I felt like I was out there playing. And I felt bad when he went down because he's the future of the franchise. Like, it's never been that much hype surrounding the player other than maybe when Jacksonville got the team, you know, and, and the uncertainty in that moment, you know, because the team was trending in the right direction. It was a letdown that night. But, you know, overall, I think what Trevor influenced, what he gives people, that hope he brings people, I mean, they were like, wow. I knew what he was a bad F? man. Bad man from Clemson, and I knew he was a stupid talent, but once we had him on the show, I fell in love with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He's every, he's all of that. Like, he's just an amazing person, amazing talent. He puts in the work. So, yeah, naturally, um, you can really, really hear a pin drop in that stadium, bro. So, yeah, he's on my heels. Yeah, if he's not in my lap, pause. Man, well, you know where he ain't? Sitting in his lap in his plush recliner that is roped off like he's in Louvre. <laughs> It's uh, somewhere, you know, and like, and all of Florida took a hit this week, though. Uh, DeSantis wants to take a million dollars and sue the college football playoff or the NCAA because Florida State wasn't uh, part of the Final Four. Instead, it's uh, Michigan, Alabama, Texas, and Washington. And that team was undefeated. And they had out-of-conference wins against LSU and Florida, two SEC schools. And they won the ACC. And they were undefeated, right? So all of those things say that this team has accomplished enough and earned enough to be in the Final Four. Like, you think they got jobbed? Or did the Final Four say, we're going to pick the best games uh, with the best teams? And that's what they did. It's, the it's a knock against the ACC, to be honest. ACC is garbage. Clemson used to run it. Clemson ain't no good. North Carolina State, Georgia Tech. Name me a good ACC team. And Florida State played all them. 
LSU wasn't good this year. Florida wasn't good this year. Yeah, yeah, I remember too. LSU, they played them in the first game before Jaden Daniels started Jaden Daniels in too. And so if you look at it, somewhere in the 50. They do the strength of schedule. Florida State was somewhere in the 50s because their conference isn't good. So it's really a knock against the ACC not having top-notch football. So all of ACC should evaluate itself. But when it was BCS, you remember people saying, a computer shouldn't choose this. Mm -hmm. A computer shouldn't choose this. So now it's a committee of old football-watching motherfuckers, and they're choosing the best game. Let's be honest, fellas. The best games that are going to make the most money and have the highest viewership. Florida State without uh, Rudolph. Uh, what's his name? Rudolph. Jordan. Jordan Rudolph. Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis, sorry. Yep. Florida State without Jordan Travis is not a team that should be playing for the national championship. They're talented, yes, but they're playing in a terrible conference and it has no respect. And we saw the committee doesn't respect them. I have no problem with the decision because I know what the committee's trying to do. I'm not trying to make what's right, what's wrong. Tell me what the guidelines are for making the final four. If you can't tell me the, the, the but, guidelines. But so so, so the, the, the thing was, in, in, in the bylaws or in the, in the guidelines, everything that Florida State did as a team were the things that were supposed to put you in. Schedule difficult non-conference game. Win your, win your conference. Be, be undefeated. Like, all of those things, especially historically, has gotten teams into the Final Four. But the other piece of it is they've always shown us they do what the hell they want, right? They've always shown us that, that they pick the teams they want to pick. And so, like, being upset about it is what it is. It don't matter because they don't answer to nobody. They're sending a very bad signal overall, right? You tell teams you got to come out there and you got to play you when you earn the right. You know, strength of schedule, all this stuff, RC just said it. They did everything. They checked off all the boxes. The one thing against them was if you don't have key players in position mm -hmm. when, when they vote on, when the committee votes on it. But what about the whole defense win championships? You very much know how that goes. Mm -hmm. uh, the Ravens know how that go. Mm -hmm. 85 Bears with uh, Jim McMahon, they know how that go. Defense does win championship. It's not just cliche. Even if that quarterback isn't there, that doesn't mean these guys can't go out there and be competitive. You know, no, it's not pretty. They didn't score a lot of points these closing weeks to close out the season, but they're 13-0, and and for me, I think they earned the right to have one of those four slots. Over who? I can't really say, but um, I think they did earn it, but I think this committee, they're trying to uh, um, sell the games by pairing the best teams and not the teams that naturally earned it, because it's, TV deals get involved, sponsorship gets involved. It's, 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 All of that stuff, you can move, they move the goalposts every single time. It's, the BCS was bull crap and shit, <laughs> shenanigans. It was all garbage, so you wanna, it was always Fred, garbage. You want a computer or do you want, pe you want a people or computer? Them are two options, you, you, can't, you can't have what they do when they, when they let a turtle walk up and eat the, eat the lettuce of the teams. They're like, for who do you want to decide? Uh, do you want to be numbers or do you want to be human? And so, and so, but you got to look at this. This is also the same exact thing that happens with the NCAA tournament. Like, let's say, like, let's take Kentucky, right? Let's, let's go back to when John Wall played for Kentucky. And say they were a number one seed or expected to be a number one seed the entire year. They had been number one the entire season. If John Wall gets hurt in the SEC championship, in the SEC tournament, they wouldn't be a number one seed. 
right? Because the way that the NCAA selection committee worked, because it was people, they would look at those teams and they would say, without John Wall, they're a three seed mm. or a two seed or a four seed, even though they had earned the right to be a one seed based on their resume. Like, that's the way people work. Here is my thoughts on it. I believe Florida State got effed, like I do. I believe that when you look at the nature in which the game is played and the way that people are rewarded for success, if you give me a level or a certain criteria that if adhered to should earn me a certain thing, then you should get that. Right? You should, if, if you play the non-conference games, if you go 13 and 0, if you win the ACC championship, I feel like you have earned the right to lose. I, I, I may believe that you're going to lose, but mm-hmm. based on your resume, all you've shown me is you haven't. Right? right? So that's my thought, that, that they should have gotten the opportunity to that. be in there. Now, yeah. the other piece of it is, too, the other side of the argument, I also understand. Mm-hmm. And I know on the other side of the argument is money. You want to tell me where decisions are made, you tell me where the money goes. Mm-hmm. From a money standpoint, one, you bring in the fan base. It's not that Florida State doesn't have a great fan base. There ain't no fan base like Texas. Tell you. There, you know, there's very few fan bases like Alabama. Right. Right? That are going to travel, that are going to be a part of those games. And then it's the intrigue and the level of play in the game. Nobody wants to see Louisville 3-3 with Florida State late in the third quarter in the ACC championship. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, it was as hard to watch as watching Iowa play football. And even with that, here is why I thought they'd pick them. It was the easiest thing to explain. Really, what the committee did was put heat on themselves. Because if they picked Florida State, you know what they could have said? They did this, they did this, they did this, they did this. They made the hard decision. They made the decision they was going to have to defend. And did they break a lot of hearts in Tallahassee? And were those people sad? Yes. I can tell you this, and I don't know if y'all saw it. Here's how I know they ended up putting in the best four. There was cameras at each place, the Michigans, the Bamas, the Texas, every, all that. When they announced Alabama, Michigan Daniel pooped a brick. They know. Michigan stood up because Michigan even thought they're going to put Florida State four. Mm-hmm. And when they said Alabama, you seen people in Michigan, like parts of the staff, like stand up, grab their head, look down. Why? Because they thought, if you give me Florida State without that quarterback, we got an easy win. We'll see you in the championship. I got an example for it. Right now, you a betting man. You don't bet like that. I know me and Freddie gamble a lot. Florida State, oh, Alabama man. tomorrow. I do gamble a lot. Freddie, Freddie, Florida State, Alabama in two hours, you got to put your life savings on. Who you taking? Come on, bro. You can't. What's the line? Freddie, straight up. Straight up. Who's going to win that game? Florida State plays Alabama, and we it's pregame right now. Life savings. I see what you did there. I'm going to go with Bama. That's what the committee did was go with the team. It's, it's like, like, the, like the NFL, too. Like y'all are right? saying you these You talk about the playoffs. Rules. Team heats up at certain times of the year and get, gain that momentum. Yep. That's what Bama did. They were struggling it's, earlier on. Who's playing on. best now? Best right now. Ah, you know, and, and unfortunately, uh, Georgia could have settled a lot of that if they had just won. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But then, then again, maybe not. I think Florida State probably still would have got the stick. Yeah, because if, 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 Georgia, Georgia, if Georgia beats bad. Bama, they put Texas in. Well, fellas, they're asking again. They want our picks over at DraftKings, and 
when they're your partner. You got to do what you do. Listen, it's going to be a big game. Buffalo at Kansas City. But I got to go with the team that got the best quarterback in the world. I'm taking KC. RC, you know what I got. Seattle at San Fran. You know I love San Fran. They're healthy now. Boy, San Fran about to run them off the field. My game, guys. I like Philly at Dallas. I am going to take Philly. Whoa. I am taking Philly. So yes. Philly continues, huh? Philly continues. Well, so does KC. That's our bets. RC, you called it the other side of the argument that you're not on, but you totally explained their side of it. No, so I... I'm talking about what I thought, what I would have done. I would have put Florida State in. Because, because they I think, beat up a bunch of little kids? Chad, oh, they... See, they beat nobody. And we're... Chad, but they... Florida, but LSU, they, they beat right. nobody. So, so, so the, what would have to be said was they beat nobody without their quarterback, right? Because that was the game they played Florida, who sucks. Mm-hmm. Right, they played Louisville and all those teams with their quarterback. They did beat LSU and they drummed them, right? And Keon Coleman was a guy that played at a first-round level. Yeah. Jordan Travis is probably in New York this week if he continues to play. He's in New York for the Heisman, and so all of those things are different. But yes, you have to evaluate who this team is without their quarterback, because the same resume, the same way, the the, the, the same. Wins, losses, opponents, all that. If the quarterback's there, they get in mm-hmm. because they're undefeated and they're court. But so that's the reason. So you do have to evaluate it from that. And so whereas I guess what I'm saying is, I believe Florida State should be in. I wouldn't go argue this at a court in front of a jury of my peers. Right? Yeah. I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel that strongly about it to where I got to go fight for it because I understand the other side of the argument. And I mean, if I argued it, shoot, I could probably be uh, Times Person of the Year. <laughs> or like, if I could sing. Bro, Taylor Swift, and 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 maybe I'm, maybe I'm like, not as, as up on it, because like, Taylor Swift got jams, bro. Like, Taylor Swift is like, the white Mary J in the sense of like, if you hurt her, she gonna turn that junk into a platinum plaque. You know what I mean? She gonna talk about you. And, and now it seems like if she, if you doing right by her too, cause karma could be, what was it? Karma is a, a guy in Kansas City or something like that. Like it could be whatever. <laughs> but she's the times person of the year. And I believe like last year it was some sort of person that runs a country yeah. or something like that. And I think she beat out people that did like really amazing things this, this is, year, I think they bought worldwide, charges. right? Yeah, this they is... bought like charges against Trump. It was thinking somebody in Russia or something was up for it, and a pop singer. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Taylor Swift's year deserves her being the person of the year? Um, she just found out football I, was fun. I <laughs> I saw this. And I had to do some research because I don't know. I'm not a Swifty. I know people try to be Swifties now because it's cool to be a Swifty. But what she did, her resume this year, fellas, it was stupid. Beyonce's Renaissance Tour, and I'm in the Beehive. I'm a Beehive member. Y'all should see my video on one of them TikToks, Instagram. Because you're an influencer. There you go. I'm a Beehive member, RC. You No, you're... I, I don't mean to like to stop the conversation, but I would love for you to admit that you and Jake Paul are similar now, because no, you you no, asked no, no. you asked Jake Paul mm-hmm. 
what he had done in life yeah. to be where he was, mm -hmm. and you were all out on influencers, you be taping stuff to the ceiling now, and, and doing that little dumb dance on the floor. Uh, we call it dumb. You, <laughs> I, I, will, I will adjust with the trends as a strong, successful man. So what's the difference in you and Jake Paul? Um, I was a professional football player, and then I'm in professional at media and all, and he just dances around and sets shit on fire. <laughs> I'm better at life than Jake Paul. He has more money. People bring up money all the time when I talk about it. He has more money. But I'm a, I'm, I am more talented. This body is more talented than Jake Paul's body, but and I did it since I was younger, and now I just adjust to the trends of the modern day world okay. because if you're not evolving, you're dying. So I'm evolving. Before we get Whew, back to Swift, before an we get back to Taylor, are you a better influencer than Jake Paul? And no. who will win in boxing? Me or Jake Paul? Yeah. Is he is he big enough? Could he fight me? He's 185, I think, 200. I'm 250. Yeah, I might wear his ass out. I'm just bigger than Chan, him. Chan, have you seen him work out? You seen? I don't he, give a he, shit he what that LeBron boy does. He's taking that opportunity. He's getting after it. Like the man he is has, taking he has it the serious. best trainers. He... You brother, you if are not in is, shape. I tell you, I'm not in shape. If my playing days, I would beat that motherfucker to a pulp. We talking about now? Right now, he probably hit me in the stomach and I vomit some beer. <laughs> <laughs> Tap out. Hey. <laughs> Tap out. Hey. But I'm just glad you. I'm glad you can now admit. I'm a that grown man that comes around to trends. In in truth, mm -hmm. you are not an influencer. You are influenced. Ooh, that sounds right. Bad. So so for so it's, for it's, so yeah, for you, how are you resetting the title I've given myself? Because the title you've given yourself is fake. And so like in the, so in the sense of, right? So in the sense of this, right? Uh -huh. we, we all start as, as something, right? We yeah. all have these foundational views of the world, right? Through our experiences. And your view was that being an influencer was, like what was your feeling on Jake? It was stupid or it... No, it was just like, what, what, what are you good at to be this famous? Okay. It's the same thing. I, I bring up the Kardashians with him. Like, what are they talented at other than having sex with people and looking oh, pretty? Boy. Like, oh, right, but you also, well, how did they get famous? Their daddy was rich and they had sex with a bunch of famous people. Let's be honest. That okay. was my thought. Like, is that good? Are you good? But, at but that? Kim, Kim was GQ man, was GQ's man of the year. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. She's a girl. She's a female. Uh, she born female, right? 
and still female, which is most how important. Was she, how was she the man of the year? Because I guess they looked at the way that she was operating in the business space, which is normally a male business space, and I think have taken that that she has, you know what? It's, it's, it's I don't cheap. know. It's simple. I don't it's, know. It's, it's really she, simple. The, the, man the, same, Kardashian, the same way. I, I don't Kim know. Kardashian's man of the I, year. I don't believe GQ has a woman of the year. But that that it goes to that point, uh, RC. It's GQ. Much like the committee, they do what the hell they want. They, it's simple. That's what they wanted to do. They did it. That's Companies, ridiculous. corporations, clout chase too. But that's ridiculous. So that, that's almost them you being sexist. Like, they're going to get more... Uh, people go over there like, why, why? The debate is why, why yeah, they, they do this. They, they now, go, that's more shine on G, uh, GQ. Yeah, they, 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 they can make it person of the year. Why didn't they pivot, why didn't they pivot it to person of the year because, because they wanted to put a woman in that space? Yeah, because being able to say that Kim Kardashian is the man of the year will draw more eyeballs to it than saying that she's the person of the year because they will have people get that lost think, in the watch. Yeah, they will have people that think in the same vein that you do is what made Kim Kardashian, who is born female and continues to be classified as a female, and what makes her the man of the year? So it makes it more like, ooh, and grab on, and like people grab onto it and hold on to it and want to read how they spin it, why they thought it should be that. And it's the same thing, like I think the the sw- the, the the switch to make Taylor Swift the person of the year. It's, it's not about how she identifies as much as these people are normally people who change the world in some way tangible. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so she's had to, she's changed the world through her music, through her business ventures. And I think you were starting to talk about something about Beyonce and the numbers in that. That's what I was going to say. Beyonce made $150 million in her tour, the Renaissance tour, which I went to. Amazing show. Taylor doubled that. She made like 300 plus. Mm-hmm. They said every city she went to, it was like bringing a Super Bowl to that city. Wow. All the hotels sold out. The, uh, the economy went up. She was influencing people, and which I still think is a, is a marketing move or a genius move. Then she got into the sports space by dating Travis Kelsey, one of the most famous, well-known, recognizable figures in football, in, in sports, sports, damn yeah. near. That's how she, so when I looked at it, when I first saw it, I'm like, Taylor Swift is a person, that, what, who did she change, what has she done? She's affected dozens of cities, made money for thousands, millions probably of people, and influenced, even as she influenced our life. It's three grown-ass black men saying, talking about Taylor Swift. We talk about Taylor Swift a number of times now. Yeah. She's influenced our lives. So think about the people that you didn't even think about Taylor Swift. You Googled her or looked her up once whatever happened. That's why I'm like, you know what? I have no problem with times naming her person of the year. Taylor Swift, she also influenced Beyonce and the Beehive. When they were on strike, the, the, the movie production, she created the Era Tour or the Taylor Swift Tour, had a movie. And then Beyonce, now she has the Renaissance film out. You know, and she kind of changed the whole way you view concerts so you can go live in person. Mm-hmm. Then you have an opportunity to go to the movies and watch it at a theater if you like going to the movie theater having a night out, and you can stream it. So she pretty much cut out the middleman mm. in Hollywood where she can go directly. She doesn't have to go to the, the production studios. Like, they can just take it. She can put it in the theater. She can do business directly with the theaters. 
you know what I'm saying, and give it back to people. So she's been a trendsetter. You know, and she does her thing, man. Like, people want to hate on her for whatever reason. I guess she came in, she was the goody two-shoe, and then Yeezy did what he did, snatching the mic, and people felt that was wrong, you know what I'm saying? And they've been protecting her for a while, and she continues to just go this way. I don't have a problem with her. I don't, I, I don't listen to her music. You know, if it's on the radio, I hear like, oh, that's, that's dope. But at the same time, um, I think she's deserving. I think she's deserving of it. I ain't got a problem with it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, it, ain't my, it isn't my choice, but I think to deny now the fact that she's had this year, especially as it's now leaked into the sports space, it's shown you the level of influence that she has in the sense that the very, you go back to Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers, the very first ESPN Sports Center post on social media was Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs lose in front of Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And, and, and the NFL at some point changing their profile picture to Taylor Swift. We're talking about the biggest sports organization in the world, mm -hmm. right? The most powerful sports organization in America for sure a multi, multi, multi billion dollar business that has Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Travis Kelsey and, and all of these players, all of these Hall of Famers. And this woman became the biggest story just because she came to a game, yep. right? And so that shows that her influence is not only big as for her as an individual, but what Fred said, her business brand, mm -hmm. right? Taylor Swift decided, oh, like, I can't have power over these songs. I'll re-record all of them. Right. Right? And I think it's what you said, you, took, you called her a trendsetter. It's also her innovation. Right? Like, it's, it's like even in our space. Like, it's one thing to have a level of talent to be able to do a certain job. Now, how do you take those talents and continue to evolve in a conversation we had earlier and, you know, you were saying now start to see, I can now see things through this lens, which initially I couldn't. You talk about a young lady who had a level of talent to do music. And now because she's been a part of the business for so long, she's had to sit in those rooms where people talked about her business. She's become her own business. Right. And I think that's the, to me, that's the power in what she's done. And that's why she's person of the year because it's like, I think it's like for all of us, right? Like think about how dreams and goals evolve. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How, like, yes, you always had a goal of making it to the NFL because you thought about the monetary value of that. But first it was, I got to be the best high school player I could be so I can get to college. Then you got the college, give me the classes I could take so I can stay eligible so I could go to the league, ball. right? And then once that's over, it's radio. It's now it's podcasting. Now, oh, so I can do TV. Now it's, oh, I can do improv. Now it's, oh, I can become an influencer, right? Like those things evolve. Like for Taylor Swift, those things evolve. I just want to say this and, and whatever's going on in the world, I like to see Beyonce and Taylor Swift collab on a We Are The World type track. Do they go 50-50? Why not? Bro, do you remember in We Are The World, right? It went from Michael Jackson to like Cyndi Lauper and Bruce Springsteen. 
it was the worst transition <laughs> in all of music. And if you but watch it, it make hey, you feel. but if no, but like there's a video of it. Michael Jackson was disgusted. Yeah. Like Michael Jackson realized in that moment when Cindy Lauper started singing, I should have sang this whole by myself. <laughs> hey, 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 Who hey. made it her turn? Yeah. Why she better say? <laughs> I ain't never getting home. Y'all hey, always turning something bro, into something. Hey, bro, bro, Mike was like, we should have just put her on the chorus. Like, how in the hell do you have all these people on the song and Sydney Lauper gets a bar? Hey, he was like. She slid in the line and stood there making sure nobody saw her That's for a second. Flavor Flay National Anthem. Hey. <laughs> she should have went and done that. Bro, no, I think it would be dope. That's all I wanted to say. No, I think, I, I do believe there should be a remake of the song in the right. sense that if you have the Beyonce's, the, the Taylor Swift's and, you know. And, Bad and, and, Bunny. Bad Bunny, no, Bad Bunny yeah. would be on it, like he would. Like, yeah. if you get all the best of the best and all genres of music and make the song, I think the the difference is, like, then it was kind of, like, hard to, like, tear the stars because it was, like, Michael Jackson and then everybody else. Like, the rest of y'all was in the song because y'all were stars, but y'all weren't Michael Jackson. But now there is, like, Taylor Swift and Beyonce, and then it's, like, are we going to go get Keisha Cole? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, how do we figure out, you who know, those, who those voices are? Like, like who the voices? Was in, Prince on the song? We Out of the World? I, I never think. listened to the whole thing, because once uh, Cindy Lauper went, it was over for me. Lauper? Yeah. Her. What, but him, but Prince, and, Prince and Mike, to hit to Freddie's point, Beyonce and Taylor don't have no beef. The Beehive and the Swifties don't like each other for some crazy reason. But Taylor Swift and Beyonce don't have no beef. I think back then, I don't know if it's social media or whatever it is. I think back then a lot of like a lot of famous people weren't tight like that. Yeah, but yeah, I realized too, back then people couldn't connect. And that's it's you not just they like, hated each other, just yeah, to the yeah, point like, like, I, like, I couldn't DM you if you lived in California and I was yeah, in Florida. Like, like people could and too though, like business wasn't as big. Right? Like like business creates relationships now. It's like we don't really rock. I don't necessarily really know you. But I know if they see me and you in the picture, I know what that's going to do, yeah. right? Because now that tells the beehive, oh, she's okay. Mm -hmm. And now that tells the Swifties, oh, she's okay. It's like Travis's profile that was as big as any football player's profile in the entire world is now astronomically bigger in a year he's probably playing the worst. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, like that, that, that's just... Who you know? You know, you talk about like the, the, the profile of it all. Like you think of somebody and, and how those things take hits by perception. Like you think of somebody like Diddy now, you know? Like we grew up, like Diddy was a part of the fabric of all of our music, you know? And, and so now it's also too, man, it brings back up the separation of person and artist. 100%. Right? Because it's, you know, whether it's R. Kelly or 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 Michael. The Michael. Michael Jackson. Know? And it's like, how do you separate those things? And now Diddy is in a situation and like if you I don't know if you guys have read the affidavit in the civil suit with Cassie, but like even me as an adult man reading some of those things, it's to me disturbing. And like to me, bottom line, and, and this is just me, like 
What I'm about to say, it don't have to be associated with Fred. It doesn't have to be associated with Channing. It doesn't have to be associated with the pivot. Like, this is Ryan Clark. Bottom line, period, bro. You beat or rape a woman, like, your ass deserves to be in jail. Mm-hmm. Period. Yes. Like, I, I don't care if... I, I don't care if it's 20 years down the line, 30 years down the line. I got two babies, bro. I got two girls. And period, point blank, you rape or you beat a woman, your ass deserves to go to jail. And I feel like when you're in jail, they should put you in a special part where that's your life. Yep. You know, and so... A lot of showers every day. Yeah, and so, and so like, that's, that's my thought on that. But then you read, the, you read the rest of it, and now you start to see, though, for Diddy, bro, I feel like it's every day there's a new story, there's a new accusation, there's a new allegation. Just recently, he finally broke his silence, and he's saying that he didn't do any of the things that he's being accused of, which to me brings into question, when you say any, Cassie's case is a part of that which is now settled. And if you listen to it, the way she filed the suit, it did bring in all of the businesses as well. So it wasn't just Diddy's decision to settle. But so you're saying that what happened with Cassie didn't happen. And then now you're seeing things. uh, And I want to get this lady's name right, Fred, so make sure I do Kim Porter, Mm -hmm. who he, you know, has children with as well. And like all of these like cryptic things by the Kamora Lee Simmonses and all these people being put out, like, you know, truth will come to light and eventually karma comes around. And so it's seeming like he had been at least thought of in these ways. When you look at that situation, Fred, what do you feel about it? It's a lot to unpack, but simply put, as you said, um, if you wronged any of these people that are bringing forth these claims, you deserve what you deserve. And that's whether that's you know, losing business opportunities or being in jail. And that's just that. Um, one of my questions was, you know, the statutes of limitation. I think it was brilliant by whoever the lawmakers in the state of New York when they created the Survivors Act uh, and they actually put a, a deadline on it. It gave people who typically wouldn't come forward an opportunity to be brave and kind of bring their cases forward. It also created opportunities for their uh, court systems to also monetize, which is just part of it. I have a daughter, you know, so I have responsibility to um, feel a certain type of way if someone were to have treated her that way, you do and you do too, and anyone else that's out there. uh, For a while, a part of me felt like there should be a statute of limitations, but I also, because of my daughter and really thinking about it, like, hell no. Like, I don't care at what point you wrong my daughter. If she has a voice or whenever she develops courage to speak on it, I think it should be um, listened to, examined, and you should accept whatever punishment that comes forward. So if these things did happen, um, shit, we burn in hell. You know, but if they didn't, and if people are just making false accusations in some of these claims, which now everybody's out there, you know, uh, then I don't think that part of it is right. Um, but I I just think Diddy is now speaking because that window closed, Mm -hmm. you know, it expired a week or two ago, what have you. So I think from a timing standpoint and he now coming out to speak, 
a lot of other people aren't going to bring forth those those type of claims because that window is well. I, I don't closed. think I, I don't think now it's so much about the claims as much as it is just about because of social media, because of the advent of of podcasts, you can say whatever you want, right? And yeah. and, and and those things like go back to Will Smith. Like once the yeah. the stuff started to come out with Jada and Jada was beating down on him, now people are listening to anybody. The security guard comes right. out and says Will was having sex with Dwayne Martin, and because you start to believe someone is suspect, or you believe or you hear that a certain thing happens, now everybody's. If I was just sitting here today and I was like, "Shit, did he try me one time?" Yeah. Right. <laughs> people would at least give it yeah. credence, yeah. and I ain't never met the man. Yeah, yeah. Right. You do have to start to, unfortunately, you do have to start to weigh every following allegation, every following story, every following conversation with the understanding that he's an easy target to hit right now because of what we at least perceive to be true in the settled case, in the settled, settled civil case mm -hmm. with Cassie. Now it's like, okay, but then like you start then you start piecing things together, you know, like Alex Fine, who is Cassie's husband, you know, runs in like this 50 mile or something domestic violence thing. And you're, and you're sitting around and you're like, well, why is he running in domestic violence uh, races? Why is Cassie there at the finish line crying? And whether those things are connected or not, the human mind is now that makes sense. Right. right. Innocent, innocent until proven guilty. That's legal. Right. The statute of limitations, that's legal. That's in the courts. Right. We're the judge, jury, and prosecution in our in minds. Our heads, yeah. So what did he, what's going to happen to Diddy? We're supposed to let the case play out, but now we, we can't see the case. We can't get the proof. We can't get that. So now it really almost leaves us to getting our own devices. And I say it all the time. This is my thing with, with um, R. Kelly, when the states are coming out back to back to back, mm -hmm. other people. If you're in one drive-by shooting, you were just a bystander. Right. If you're in 12 drive-by shootings, there's some, some decision you're making in your life mm -hmm. that's making you be in those situations. Right. And that would be my thing, is all these things come out, to your point, with, with, with uh, Diddy being now an easy target to that side of it. Now, anybody can come out and say whatever he wants about him, and now Jada's talking about Will, now people can say stuff about Will, and you kind of think about it, because you're like, oh, it is, it's two people saying something about Will now. Correct. But... If you're around that shit too much, I think something's wrong with you. Why, why are all these people coming out and saying it? So the court system can have all their rules they want to. I'm going to look at the situation, and I'm going to figure out what I, what I have in my mind. And I'm with you, RC. If anything can be proven about touching a woman or, or molesting a woman, anything like that, kids too, any, 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 anything, any advantage you're taking over another person, hell, men too. Yep. If you're taking advantage physically of another living thing, your ass should be in a, a Saw movie with some of that crazy shit the little man on the bike did. Like, I want you to really suffer. I don't want you to sit in a cell and eat no commissary. But the, the problem is that the legal side, you can always take that side as a, as a criminal. Yeah. You can always take that side, get a good attorney. We've seen it in the past. Yeah. Johnny Cochran's, you can get them and say, legally, I'm free. O.J. Simpson ass running around TikToking now. Mm -hmm. So you can do that legally, but to your point about the, the, the public opinion, oh, yeah, Diddy, Diddy will never be the same. Rich people get attorneys and great publicists. That's what rich people do when they get in trouble. Well, I think, though, gotta fight. like, the, the other piece of it, too, that, that stands out to me, um, 
is like I try to be the best I can be to like to to look at it the outside perspective and be fair. You know, um, I believe that everybody should have the right to tell their story, and I think the. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The intention of the law was for those people who in that moment didn't feel the strength or didn't feel like they'd be supported if they brought these allegations against some of these very powerful people in some of these cases that now they may be in a place in their life where they can't, right? And you want to give them the ability to do that. And I think on the other side of it too is you also wonder is in a hundred percent of these people guilty of what they're being accused of after the fact now. And those are things we don't get to know. And so I think that, that that's the, the very hard part about, so what's proven is proven. And, and so I think that's the, but what I will say is this. What do we do with that information though? Yeah, I, I don't think, I think most of it's not our information to do anything with. You know, um, it's definitely not our information to persecute uh, Sean Combs for or Diddy for. But it is, to me, our information to 100% be able to say, if you are guilty of raping or assaulting a woman, your ass should be in jail. Right. You should be punished for it, period. I don't think that's hard to say. I don't think that's a controversial stance to take. I think that's the stance that should be taken. But it also, what it, what it brings to light to me, though, is, like, how difficult it is to be a woman. You know, and in the sense of like how hard it is to to deal with those things, the power that men can wield and the influence that they can use into making you do certain things and then feel helpless in stopping them. And that's not the case in all of these situations. But I also think about um, like how under supported like women are, but also how under supported black women are. You know, and I thought about it when it pertained to Diddy's previous relationship with Kim. For all of these people now to intimate or hint that he'd always been this or that he'd done this to her, where were the voices then? Why couldn't she speak up? And when you look at black women in particular, they're not supported by law, right? They're not supported by the healthcare system. And in a lot of cases, they aren't supported by us. Like, where were the dudes that were around maybe her situation, but also maybe Cassie's situation that could be like, say, bro, like, that's f***ed up. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it's, it's not to pass 
judgment on relationships to me, right? Because if you're in a relationship and you aren't necessarily conducting yourself in a way that like I would conduct myself or decisions I would make, it's not my job to give you information on that. It's not my job to advise you when that's not my business, right? But if I'm your friend, if I'm truly your friend or you're for somebody that I feel I have a commonality with, if you're doing things to harm an individual, whether emotionally, mentally, or physically, and I know it, like I'm supposed to stop that. I would, I would say in the black community, because it's happened before, that's their business. Yeah. Like we think about it that way, to your point about men and women's relationships, that it, that ain't my wife, that's yep. their business, which that's wrong. So you put that black woman in a terrible situation, being abused by her husband, her significant other, whoever that is, that's their business. No, that's your business. That could be your sister. That could be your daughter. Mm -hmm. That's your business. I think that is a point of black culture. Oh, they've been married eight, nine years. That's their business. I agree with some of that because like the, the inner workings and natures of your relationship is your business, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the, the day to day of it, right? I'm not talking about the way you guys converse. I'm not talking about the way you guys love one another. I'm not talking about the roles in which you set your requirements to your wife and your wife sets her requirements to you. I'm not talking about the way in which y'all support one another. No. What I'm saying is, man, if, if, if I'm sitting at home, right, and you know how it happens, if your significant other or your wife is having a conversation with her homegirl who may be married to your homeboy and she comes in, like, because I know how I am, when the conversation starts, I immediately go, I don't want to know. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to be honest. I immediately go, that's not my business, right? Because I want to walk into the home with them and be able to have a conversation with them, not based on things that I'm not supposed to know, right? And so that, like, that's, I think that's already one thing, especially as black men that we do, right? And because it's like, I don't want to be nosy. I don't want to be catty. I don't want to be petty. I don't want to be messy. All of those things. And so I think another large reason for that is, like, once you get information, you do have to deal with it individually of what do I do with it? You see what I'm saying? And so now my point is I can't know, bro, like you and you, like just take us three for instance. If somebody you know put their put their hands on a woman, if 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 your homeboy comes in and he and he he's bragging, he's drunk bragging, she I had to take it from her. You had to what? Right? Like it, it is our responsibility to do something. And I, I can be honest and say, maybe I wasn't like this always, but I know like you have to be like this now. To the point of checking, I think we'll check a dude. You have to. Even to this point right now, if I knew if that I knew somebody that hit a woman, I would guarantee call him, meet up with him and check him. You don't touch no woman. Would I go to the court? Would I call the police right then and say, I know a woman abuser? Is that my place? I think that's the point where I think a lot of people sit. You can check the dude, but am I gonna be the first witness You're not. to this dude being You're arrested? You're not, and you know why? Because you've seen too many relationships where the woman actually doesn't want you to do that. I think about it, because in college, it happened to me. Man and woman fighting, I'm in the barbershop in Gainesville, right across the street from the gas station was a kangaroo, and they're fighting walking down the sidewalk. I see the dude right back and slap the woman. I go over there and jack the dude up against the wall. Man, don't hit no woman. 
Now it's a big black dude out there and hitting us like a Spanish dude. He wasn't little, but he wasn't my size. Throw him up against the wall. Police, games of police come. Hey, what's going on? I look at the girl. I'm like, tell him what's going on. I just saved your life. I just saved you from being beat up. Tell him what's going on. She said, this dude walked across the street and started trying to fight my boyfriend. I said, what happened? I came across the street to defend you. And now you're going to defend your boyfriend. And that's a place you are for the conversation we're having. I think that's a place you're in a lot of times. Like, am I by myself in this? Because love's involved. Kids are sometimes involved. A long-term relationship's involved. I'm now, like I said, I'm going to be the number one witness to break up that when y'all might not want to be a part. Where do I sit with that? You got to sit what's right in your heart. Whatever you feel right at that moment to do in your mind or heart, you got to do that. Whatever happens in their situations after that is between them. It's not your job to go call the police. It's not your job uh, to do anything other than to try and protect the woman from being abused, especially if you can see it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the stance I would take. I'm not going to sit there and ever let a woman get beat up by a dude. I don't care what's going on. Even if I have to lose my life for it, I'm not having that shit. Get your hands off the lady. Mm -hmm. If you guys, even just breaking up the moment, if you guys go and, do, and, and, and leave and y'all get home and y'all recreate that moment, that's out of my, you know, my scope. But you're not fighting a woman in front of me. You're not going to talk to me about you, you, you did nothing crazy. It took nothing from a woman. Mm -hmm. Like, who does that? Mm -hmm. Like, who the f what sick person? But there are sick, uh, that's evil true, but it's, it's, like that, bro. But to ha go back and have a conversation about taking something? No, no. Like, that, that's crazy. Like, no, nah, that, doesn't, that doesn't fly with me. And you I know what, I don't though? like that. It, it makes the point, too, though, Freddie T, of, and you know, like, I grew up around, like, I had uncles and aunts and, and, and grandparents and, well, not grandparents, and, and older people around who talked about relationships and, like, hearing like the the woman would protect the man because she loved him so much she wouldn't want her sister or her brother or her mom looking at him that way yeah. and she knew she wasn't walking out so she wouldn't want to go share what she's going through with them because you know how it is like you know like i'm that way with y'all like you might tell me you had one simple interaction with somebody that you didn't like that you might forgive and like you cool about you know me i'll not talk to him forever <laughs> yeah just based off of you and i'm the same way like i might be like oh i ain't worried about it though and then you might see a dude and be like nah like he did you like that like i ain't never yeah, like that's see. just that's just how it works so it's like that in family too you know and so like you feel like like they've protected that person because they know they want to be with that person and they know that they that they love them and their lives are intertwined in a way that our ours aren't. We only see our loved one. And so like that person is protecting them or you're not sharing things that are going on in your house because you don't want that person to be looked at in that way or disrespected in that way. And I think it's just so much that goes into it. And you know, I think that's I think that's tough, man. It's like And I think I just wanna say I like think a lot of this is not just I said black culture earlier. It's everywhere. I think a lot of this is human culture. Yeah to be honest, just that circle you're just bringing up. The victim, the accuser, the, you know, the, the criminal, I'll call them. Who, who's supposed to be the whistleblower? If the victim doesn't want to blow the whistle, who's blowing the whistle? 
And I think that's just human nature. And I think it's family. I think it's, honestly, first thing it is, is love. Love gets involved. And I think that little circle is just a, it really, it really enables abuse, sexual assault and all that for, for that purpose of there's too much emotion involved in all that. Do you think uh, the act that, the Survivors Act that the state of New York created, do you think having, mo most of the time we're gonna talk about it when it's high profile celebrities, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that created an opportunity or a situation for people who don't have a bigger voice to, to, uh, to build courage to, to be able to come forward? The cases we don't hear about. 100%. You know, and then the volume and those, those amount of cases. So do you think it was a, a, a good thing or a bad thing? I think it was a good thing, but they really have to do their due diligence because of the fact that there is false accusations. And I don't want somebody to have a grudge against someone else and try to, you know, from a grudge from the past and try to bring up something just to badmouth them or, you know, get them in jail, hurt them in some kind of way. So if you can prove it, if you can prove, if you have proof that this happened 72 years ago, and you can prove that this person wronged this woman, wronged this man, abused, raped, whatever it is, you need to go to jail. Like R.C. said, if that can be proven, your ass needs to be in the worst, deepest pit in you, they can find in any country you in. Yeah, I was looking for like a great transition to get to something else, but I don't really have one. Uh, and I'm actually good at TV sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I think that is though, that is like the nature of life. Like for us, like a lot of good things are happening. It's the holidays, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. We're coming up on Christmas and the three of us are trying to figure out what, what gifts we're gonna buy and, and, and what we're gonna do with our families. And then on the other side of that in other homes, they're dealing with issues just like uh, we're talking about. And I think that that's, that's the real life, man. Uh, that's why the show was created. We actually didn't have any idea we were, ever, we were gonna get into that conversation, but that's what the conversation was. Uh, we see y'all on Tuesday. Hold up, limitless, take a semi-cap in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust, limitless, take a semi-cap in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant.